a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant minds and looking at the world around them. How do they 360 themselves and 360 the world? Jamie and Neil, the hosts, ask many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. To 360 yourself i hope you're having a very lovely day it is so so hot in london at the moment um but i have a moment to sit with caroline bowman um she's a brilliant broadway actress and i'm really really excited to chat with her hello caroline how are you doing hi i'm good you know as good as we can be right now yeah so whereabouts are you talking from today whereabouts are you in the world so I am in Delaware uh, with my at my family's uh, Bay House mm-hmm. um, with my parents and my husband and my ninety pound German Shepherd and their chocolate lab. Wow, <laughs> so. that's quite a big household then, with your parents and your partner yeah. and your dog as well. Where does everyone stay? So- <laughs> Yeah. Luckily, luckily we do. We have our own. We have our own room, and we, you know, we we're for, we live in New York City normally, so we're used to having small spaces and making them work. Um, and luckily, we really love my parents and get along very well with them. So yeah, um, so, it's been it's been really lovely, and we're we're grateful. It's been a, quite a blessing to I, be able to have a home to come home to. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I I also spent um, the whole of the three months with my family and. Um, also with my sister as well and we all just shared mm. this experience together and it's something that you just can't put a price on I think we'd never ever have the situation where we actually have enough this amount of time with your family and not be sure. flying off somewhere all that sort of thing so my pet when I left I, I, I'm back in London for a bit and when I left my mum cried so much because she just m- missed all us being all together oh totally I know and when um, my husband and I finally made it home to um, you know, be with my parents. I didn't know whether to hug them or not because mm-hmm. you know we 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 had quarantined and we did it all you know as as well as we possibly you know could have. But then we walked into the house and I hadn't seen my mom in so long, and she just grabbed me and hugged me. She goes, "I missed you so much." She's like, "I can't not hug you." And you know, unfortunately, we're healthy and everybody's healthy, and we've been with them long enough now to know that. But at first, I was like, "I don't know how to handle this." and but yeah, you're right. It's been like, you know, we, I, well, I'm not taking any moments that I get to have with my family right now for granted. We're definitely like, I've gotten to celebrate mom, mother's day with my mom. And I got to celebrate father's day with my dad and his birthday and like things being an actor and, and you miss a lot of holidays and special occasions. And so, you know, we really, we have this time to kind of pause and really be with our loved ones, which is um very lucky in a way you know it's a positive way to look at all of this yeah because I, I i always don't understand the whole kind of like performer life because you're always you're you're performing six days a week sometimes sometimes seven days yeah. a week or whatever and you've got your evenings mm-hmm. and i'm less like how do you ever i always never know how people have a life 
because you're we work we work when people play yeah we're 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 the entertainment so yeah when people are off work they come to see us and so yeah we're I mean, I'm, there have been multiple, um, Christmases I have not been home for, you know, I've missed, uh, and it, a lot of times my family has to come to me in New York because I can't go to them. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made being a performer. Yeah. And, and you've been in so many brilliant, brilliant shows of like Grease and like Spamalot and Wicked and like Kinky Boots <laughs> and obviously Frozen. And it's such mm -hmm. a collective mix of characters and everything. And what I want to know is, I'm always interested, I, everyone knows, all the audience knows that, I'm always interested in the journey. I'm never interested in going, what are you doing now? I'm like, how did you get there? And what was your mindset? Sure. So I'd love to know, what was your kind of beginning, professionally and, and, and personally as well? How did you kind of grow into the performer you are? Yeah, well, you know, it is all about the journey, right? That's an interesting part. Um, I, I grew up in um, a small town in Maryland, um, kind of between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland. And my mom is actually an actor, and she kind of did it um, on a small scale, a community theater, and I was very, very young. And instead of getting a babysitter when I was, you know, four or five, I would just go with her and watch her shows every single night. And I would sit in the theater and watch her hang out backstage and so and like so the smell of a theater and like the smell of makeup like was I just like that I walk into a theater and it's like a part of my existence like I just I grew up in the theater and and again like a, uh, in a community theater and then my mom kind of branched off and did um more voiceover work and commercial work and um did stuff like that but I was always wanting to perform and so from a very young age I was in choir and um doing different productions and then I started about at about 16 I started working professionally at a um a very well-known dinner theater in mm -hmm. Columbia Maryland mm -hmm. and I um I waited tables and performed so the actors did both at this dinner theater um, which, you know, was, was a skill in its own. <laughs> I got to like learn how to wait tables and, and, and sometimes it was really fun and sometimes uh, not so much. Sometimes the, the, the audience members kind of forgot that you were also performing for them. So it was a little mm. bit that, that dynamic is a little tricky because, you know, people can be kind of rude to mm. waiters and which is why I would never, ever be rude. To, I mean, you know, don't be rude to people that are serving you your food it says probably should be one yeah, one yeah. Um, but um, anyway, I so I, I started working there, and then I knew going into high school that I wanted to go to college for musical theater, and I had this drama teacher who is um, I call her my second mama, and she um, she really kind of honed my skills in high school and gave me all these opportunities, and I you know performed in a ton of different roles in high school that. And then I went to Penn State University in Pennsylvania, State College, Pennsylvania, and got a degree, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater. Uh -huh. um, and then from then on, I kind of, I, I worked my butt off, but I also was always seemingly in the right place at the right time because I graduated college in 2010, and then I haven't really stopped working since then. Uh -huh. um, and I 
my first big job out of school was um, I did a couple international tours, which were interesting. I did um, mm-hmm. I did Fame the musical in China. Yes. And so I got to travel to the other side of the world, which I never really thought I would do. I I, I really didn't think about it, and I got to climb the Great Wall and also perform yeah. a, um, a musical in China, and then. Um, I did, you mentioned Greece, so I did Greece and Istanbul, Turkey, mm-hmm. which was like wild, so wild, and Istanbul, Turkey is amazing, another place I never really thought I would go, mm-hmm. um, and, or it just wasn't, not that I wouldn't, didn't think I would go, I just kind of didn't think about it, like I really, I didn't think that, I kind of had this dream of moving to New York my whole life and being on Broadway, mm-hmm. and so it was actually kind of limited, because I didn't realize that this career could kind of take me around the world, mm. um, and I would die. I mean, I would love to come perform in London. Like that's another dream that kind of has expanded in my, you know, realm. Um, but so yes, after that, I went on a national tour of Spamalot, and after Spamalot, I ended up moving to New York. And I moved to New York, and I was ready to like pound the pavement. And I didn't have any representation. I didn't know really what I was doing. All I knew is I wanted to be there and again you know they say uh, what is that that's that quote it's like luck is um preparation i don't know what it is it's some it's luck when like when preparation meets opportunity um and so i was in the right place at the right time and three weeks after i moved to new york the um understudy position for alphabet and wicked on broadway ensemble slash understudy position opened up and so I went in auditioned and I got it um amazing and so I know it, it, it was wild it was like it just my whole world turned upside down I was living in this teeny teeny tiny apartment in midtown Manhattan and um because it was all I could afford and then I was and and I was planning on only staying in that apartment and then I got wicked and so I got I got to move to an apartment that was a little bit nicer (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um and I did wicked for 10 months in the ensemble and then I moved on from that and um was in the original cast of kinky boots in the ensemble with good old Jerry Mitchell with good old Jerry Mitchell I literally did a podcast with him last week Mm. yeah so I did a who become I love Jerry Mitchell I love Jerry Jerry's lovely He's wonderful. And that was also such a, I was so young when I did that. And mm-hmm. so that was really like, I, I got to like kind of sit back and watch people in leadership positions and w- watch how they handle a room and, mm. and also like learn how to create and like how workshopping a musical happens. And mm. I, I just like had, that was so um, amazing to be a part of and to be in the room with Jerry Mitchell and Harvey Firestein and Cindy Lauper. I mean, just like, huge huge names i mean it just it was a dream come true Mm. so i did that for a little while and then i um while we were opening kinky boots i was auditioning for the evita national tour Mm. and i was still pretty young and so i really didn't think i would be considered for the role of evita at that age and I ended up getting that and so i left kinky boots and went on tour with evita for a year and a half um, which was another wild role, and I got to step into. Um, I had been a leading lady before, but on this scale, it was like a step up. And um, I 
I got to play this like powerful commanding role. Um, and then I came back from Evita and I played, I was asked to come back and play Elphaba, play, actually play the role that I understood it, play Elphaba on Broadway for about nine months. And then, gosh, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like remembering my resume as I'm telling you this. Um, and it's so funny because I, my life, like I, I think back to like years and I go, oh, okay, what year was that? Okay, I was doing this show. So like, that's how I like base my history of myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah. based on like what show I was in. Cause you know, I mean, the average person doesn't change their jobs all the time. And every year I'd have a different, I mean, you know, I'm an actor, but I have a different role I'm playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I did Wicked and then after Wicked, I, I did a bunch of regional stuff and I got married in between that time. Congratulations. <laughs> um, uh, and then I went back to Kinky Boots. I do a lot of repeats. I've gone back to a lot of my shows. Um, yeah. And played the role I understudied back when I was in the ensemble of Kinky Boots. Uh-huh. And I did that for about a year and a half. And that kind of brings us up to today where I was, I got cast in the national tour of Frozen playing Elsa. Uh-huh. Um, so that is my career <laughs> and my journey of my career. Not necessarily my life, but I intertwined life in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and so, and so, so I've been kind of lucky in the past 11 years. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, you've been in such a brilliant, brilliant productions and, and mammoth kind of machines of like Wicked and, and Kinky Boots and Frozen. And your, your, uh, the current role of uh, um, Elsa in, in Frozen. What is it like to play such um, a role like that and have the responsibility that people really, really look up to you in that in that role because it's been such a global kind of franchise and and also how does that work for your mental psyche when you are not performing i i think it's exactly that it's a responsibility and i don't take it lightly i don't take being a leading lady lightly i think that's a responsibility and i learned that as a, and i i was talking about that a little bit when i was talking about kinky boots is, and and all all the roles i've Played, but especially being in the ensemble before I became a leading lady I had the opportunity to really like watch how how what what it is to be a leader and how do you how you behave and and see the responsibility of being the lead of a company mm. so that's like that's like internally like being in my job mm. I have a responsibility to be a leader to my fellow um, team members because it's a team I mm. think I played sports as well in my life like my whole life so I'm really like I think of it as a sport and like we all have to work together in order to have the outcome we want right so mm-hmm. uh, I and it's a trickle down effect as well if the if the lead if the person that's at the head is not is not setting a good example the rest of the company is going to suffer and so I really do like I put that I I I take it as a responsibility and I try not to like say that it rests on my shoulders because I think that puts pressure that I don't think is necessary, but I, Mm. I, I don't take it lightly. And then as far as like being playing these iconic roles that people know and love, um, I think it's, you know, it depends on the day, (laughs) how well I handle that. You know, I'm a human being and I, and I, I think, you know, leading up to rehearsals, I said, you know, sometimes I, I, 
sometimes I think I'm a complete fraud. <laughs> then I go, how did I get this? How did I, I don't, you know, you don't, you, you can, you convince yourself you don't deserve something or you, or you don't, you're not good enough or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. our inner, that's our demons that, yeah. um, I think that a, we have to kind of quiet lot, sometimes. I think a lot, I think a lot of people have that sort of like imposter syndrome in, yes, in yes. success, in successful positions. And it's sort of kind of, it, you have to like dig deep into your own core to know and cherish the ability and the persistence and the grit that you have that has got you to that position. And I think there's always this sort of like, maybe sometimes that people that think about the younger generation, there's that kind of like catch 22 where the younger generation you want to support, but also they're the people that are going to be the next and kind of the spotlight. And so some people take that also kind of in a different way where they want to support, but they also know that they are also getting older and, and, there's, and that, that your roles or your positions are changing because there's new technologies that the younger generation are, are, are um, educating themselves with and stuff. So it's always that oh, kind totally. of like, it's, always, it's, such a, it's such a balance, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. To kind of have that kind of deep root to go, you know what, I am good at what I do and I am... This is why I'm here. This is why I got the job. Right. It's not, and it's like, it's not, and that's not being cocky. That's being confident in your skills and what you've trained and what you've been doing for your whole life. Like it's, but it, but it is like, yeah, it's hard sometimes. And the, you know, comparing yourself and, and yeah, seeing younger people coming up and being like, oh my gosh, they're so much more talented and they've got so many more skills than I ever had. And, yeah, you can get lost in that, but at the same time, like you can, you can deserve to be there just as much as they deserve to be there. And and also, I've actually, I've actually, and maybe this will change. Who knows? But right now, I've kind of loved getting older in this business. I'm not by any means. I don't. You know, I'm, I'm 32 years old. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm like get getting older. Mm. But I'm kind of. I've learned. I'm sort of starting to. Um, acknowledge my power and what my strength is and and be proud of what I have to give instead of apologizing for it because mm. I think in my 20s I would walk into a room audition room and try to be what they wanted me to be and like mm. I would read everything that they said to me or like I would read into everything and any feedback I got like would would just like take me down and I I think like getting older you kind of learn to be like well this is what I can do and this is what this is what I do well so take it or leave it yeah and again I don't I'm not I I get I I definitely I you know I'm I'm kind of like many many other actors and I want to please people I want to be people's friends like yes I, I want all those things but at the same so it's not necessarily being like saying F you, Mm. but it is, it's, it's kind of just knowing more who you are and, and, and what, what you can give and that's all you can do. Like that's, that you're enough. And I think that takes time to learn that (laughs) is not like, you're very eager when you first start out in the industry and you're just trying to like be exactly the cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah. And, person and, that and, you think they want you to be and do you think because of because of being a performer or an actor for your for yourself or actress for yourself when you are discovering your your when you're developing your craft and you're are uh, looking about and exploring your identity 
that when you are when you were younger, did you feel like sometimes you had identity crisis of because you were trying to mold yourself into different things in a, your profession, and then that might rub off in your social client, your social kind of group, or, or and then did it change as you kind of got older when you got more assured of your identity? Um, I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, you, you have a lot of people kind of. I think telling you what they, you, there's a lot of opinions Mm. just like kind of like any, any industry really. But like, so I think, I think what I was saying about being younger, you're, you're impressionable. Like you're, you're, um, somebody will say something to you and it'll really, okay, well I have to change this about myself or I have to be. And so maybe, yeah, maybe that, I, that could have affected me and that could have affected me in social environments. Um, I think, I think I, I've in my social life as I've gotten over older, I, 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 um, I like, I would put up with a lot more when I was younger and now I'm kind of like, no, I don't have time for that energy because I, I have, I have more important things to worry about. I have more important people to worry about. Like I want to surround myself with people who lift me up and, and, yeah, and that I can you. lift up and yeah. believe in. And I, I think, yeah, maybe when I was younger, I would, I socially, I would, you know, be around people that maybe I didn't want to spend time with because I felt like I needed them to like me or something and I don't know if I did that too much but I do think that is a young person thing Mm. to do that's something you grow out of you learn like you learn who you allow into your energy space and who you don't really need to be around that's not like making your life better yeah Um, it's that whole thing are you being celebrated in your space and if you're not being celebrated why are you in that space yeah it's the same thing if if I I, and vice versa like I can't celebrate you if I can't be like give that to you, like what are we doing for each other? Like if like we are here to, we're here to lift each other up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know. Yeah, and, and that's that's the whole world right now. We need to like we lift each other up, up and and support each right. other because we're in such a weird space, and sure. there's such a there's many challenges around at this moment in time. It's such a tense time. Have you what yeah. have you ever had like a massive challenge that you've had to overcome? How. Oh other than everything that we're having to overcome right now. <laughs> I mean, we can add that on top. Yeah. Challenging. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think massive challenge. I've, I've had a pretty charmed life. I think, honestly, I'm, um, I think I, um, I don't know. I mean, I think, right now we're all we're all kind of in the same place of having to figure out like what to do with this time that we've been given and and how to make it a positive thing and um how to make a difference like what we can do to make a difference so yeah this time is pretty challenging but i i'm trying to find good good things about everything that's going on right now and how i can personally make a small difference yeah um, it's all about i think it's all about purpose i think that's the word that's been being thrown around within my friendship circles is going sure we've been taking we've been taking away our kind of titles of our profession and then we're left naked just as human beings because we're not working and then it go then mm-hmm. it goes well what's your purpose if you're not doing your if you're not doing what you think your identity is as is a an actress or 
uh, a bank or whatever it is, what is actually your purpose in life if you're not doing what you think you should be doing? And I think that's yeah. what everyone's, well, a lot of people in my circle and what I've been reflecting on is, the, is your purpose. What do I want to leave in this world? Sure, sure. And I have, I have a lot, like, I feel like over, like, in my, you know, short career, I hope to have a lot longer of a career, but I have tried to make the job because we, you know, you grow up and you're like, I dream of being an actress. I dream of being on Broadway. Like that is your dream. You, you fulfill your dream. Right. Mm. And then, and it's, and I started calling, making sure that I would say, like, if I was on the phone with my dad, I'd say, Oh, sorry, dad, gotta go to work. And like kind of making it, my job and not my identity was very, um, very helpful, has been very helpful to me before the, the pandemic uh-huh. because you, you know, people, and, and I'm, I, I hope that most people are, are following their bliss and trying to, are happy, you know, some people are not happy in their jobs that they have and their nine to fives, but people go to their nine to fives and they do their work and then they leave, hopefully leave their work. Mm. And they go home, and that's their work, and then they have their home life. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's my probably simple view of people's lives. Mm. <laughs> <Or> my, <laughs> but for me, I think because we get so wrapped up in, like, I'm an actor, and, and this is my identity, I think making it, saying, I'm going to work now, not, not I'm going to, pl- like, do my musical or do a play like I was in high school. Like, I'm going to play practice you know, no, I'm going to work, which is rehearsal, which is my job. Um, I think that was, that's been helpful, like mentally kind of like changing the, my dialogue to myself about mm. make Cause like when you're, when you're out of work, which so often actors are, you know, we go through time, we're laid off all the time. Like this, the, we, we go through times when we don't have a job for a while, like working in the theater and mm. we have to, get a survival job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get really, and you can get really down on yourself because you're not being hired or you, or you think you're not good enough because you're not being hired and it's just not the right time or the right job isn't showing up at that time. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And so you can get, I've, you know, you can get so wrapped up in the fact that you're not worthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think it is helpful to step to make it a job and then have other purpose in your life, you know, that and other things that make you happy. Um, yeah, I think I just think it's really, really important. I was saying to my other friend who works in business, and I was saying mm-hmm. it's really, really, really important to have other passions and other things that you do because subconsciously you get so overwhelmed with one thing that you need to do other things because subconsciously your brain's already working on the thing that you were struggling. If you do something else creatively, whether it's painting or walking, whatever it is, your brain's already processing. Because I I don't know if you know that even when you sleep, your brain's working really hard to process all the information to deliver it in a package for you for the next morning. And this is what happens. And I think when people don't have other things, whether it is like, making i don't know pottery or whatever it is i think it's not healthy i think it's really really healthy to do other things and not just go i i am a performer and that's what i do yeah. rather than going i'm a performer but i also i write i also cook 
I also arrange flowers. I'm a florist. I think it's really important sure. to have multiple identities rather than one identity. And I think that's what a lot of people, st- that's what stops a lot of people in life p- to pursuing and being a, a polymath, for instance, stops people to do other things because they have, they've mm-hmm. given them such a strong identity of one thing that they feel ashamed that they're doing something else rather than going, I am a creative or I am a person that does this and this rather than I'm just one thing. Yeah. I am inspired though at this time how many um, artists are just so called to perform. Like they're finding, people are finding opportunities even if it's like a virtual thing or, you know, whatever. I'm Mm -hmm. like noticing on social media and stuff like that how artists are expressing themselves right now and it is very, it is very cool to see that we're all just called to, to do this. Like it is like a calling and it's like, mm. it's, that's very special. And, um, and the fact that we can't do it live right now, it, that is like, I think acknowledging that it is heartbreaking is, is, um, important because we're all going to be so grateful when it's back. <laughs> For sure. I, it's only a matter of time before theater understands well, this, well, the government understands the theatre's position in the kind of commercial landscape and how much the theatre um, uh, space gives towards so many different um, platforms of careers that oh, what, yeah. what you said at the beginning is that when everyone else is on holiday, you're working because you're providing people's entertainment. Um, and it's, it's sort of a thing of giving back to society. Uh, what I, and also what I would love to know is we're talking about this kind of thing of purpose and giving back to everyone what would be your kind of quotes that you've learnt in the past or that someone's given to you that's always kind of been a comfort that you would kind of give to someone else that would make them feel great or would kind of inspire them in their day um, well you know what it was so funny because we, we talked about this at length and I I had um, like literally the other day I was looking for a track, um, like a music track of let it go. Cause I, I want to sing it for something for, a um, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking for a, a track in my email and so I, I typed in let it go. And this email from my mom pulled up from 2013 and it kind of goes with what we were talking about, about not feeling worthy and not feeling like you deserve, like feeling like you're, fra- you're a fraud, like you're, mm. you're, you have imposter syndrome. Mm. And um, she said, I, I must have been having anxiety. I think it was like right before I was about to go on tour with Evita. Mm-hmm. And I had left, you know, this uh, Tony Award winning musical. Kinky Boots, Boots. Yeah. And I was, it was a big deal for me to leave. And I was leaving to go play this lead role. I had this new boyfriend who's now my husband, but like I had this new man in my life and our relationship was flourishing and I was like, things were going well. Mm-hmm. And so I, of course, was having a moment of something that's gonna yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Like something bad is gonna happen because I don't deserve all this. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, and I was noticing, I was like outside of myself noticing that. And my mom sent me this quote and I was like, this is perfect. Um, and it's, it's um, sometimes when your life is magnificent, you may fear that something bad is going to happen to take it all away. Anxiety is fear and not trusting yourself. 
just recognize it as a part of you that is used to being upset about something. Thank it for sharing and then let it go. Yeah, it's imp- that- it's really important for people. We talk about this a lot of time in, um, in the 360, but also within my friends group about anxiety because everyone gets it. But it's about oh, actually... Yeah anxiety is not a bad thing it's just a thing that happens and you have to just welcome mm-hmm. it in go okay i'm feeling this state or sort of thing okay fair enough not dwell on it and then yeah. let it go and go okay well i was feeling that then and just yeah carry on sure and that's like uh, that's so real with um as i mean i you know, let it go come on frozen yeah um but i, I if i'm feeling any anxiety before i go out and sing that song because that again that's going back to like being playing these iconic roles and playing this song everybody knows or singing this song everybody knows Mm -hmm. and putting the pressure on myself to do it well and if I'm feeling anxiety right before that song it's actually I've actually learned and practiced to say okay well really listen to the words that you're singing then if you're gonna if you're feeling that way really just go out there and sing the song and do it for, do it to release your anxiety or do mm-hmm. it for anybody that you're thinking, like do it for somebody else that is feeling anxiety. Do it for somebody who's afraid to, to share their power and, mm-hmm. and own their power and own their, who they are. And, and like, you know, put it on some, like do, do it for somebody do yeah, it yeah. instead of making it about me. And, and then it, it's really, it's really a, a gift yeah i mean it's such a beautiful it's such a beautiful song and 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 the lyric just the first three lyrics let it go is of course if you're feeling that way anxiety or whatever you just need to let it go and so it's a perfect kind of song if you're in that moment sure i can't even tell you how many people come up to me at the stage door and say that's like my anthem. That is my song. It got me through whatever. Like it got me through divorce. It helped me come out. It helped like just so many people, yeah. young, old, like all age ranges are mm. so affected by it. And I had no idea before. Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, okay, I'm going to work for Disney and like play a Disney princess. No, it's like so much deeper than that, than I ever thought it would be. It's very cool. Yeah. This is what I was saying. Like to be in such a big franchise, but to play a role like that, who mm-hmm. is such a, an, an idol for, for many. And the song, like let it go speaks volumes. It's not just a, a Disney tune. It's so much more deeper. Just like the three words, let it go, let go of yeah. grief, let go of jealousy, let go of all the kind of, ambitions in like life it's fear yeah it's such like a God. brilliant song yeah it's brilliant. really good and then i have like little oh my goodness i have you know I, of course i have all the little girls come to the stage door but that that are dressed as elsa but then sometimes i have little boys dressed as elsa oh. and i come out and i go this is for you i want you to know this was for you yeah like i'm i'm just like that it just warms my heart and mm-hmm. i'm like the, and the fact that they their parents brought their little boy dressed as Elsa. So I'm like, this is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this is like the reason I do theater. Like yeah. you're the reason. <laughs> this is, it's the best. Yeah, the best. such a brilliant. Well, I want to say thank you so much for giving me your time. It's been really, really lovely to chat with you and to explore more kind of the, your journey and the way that you see life and, and just have a kind of conversation about your space. And it's just, I, essentially before the podcast, I'm really excited to talk to you. So I'm really thankful for mm. your time. Well, thank you. This was so lovely. And um, stay safe over there. It's nice to talk.
talk to somebody overseas. <laughs> yeah, you too also. Please stay safe in New York. Or Now, you're not in New York, but wherever you are when you go back to New York as well. <laughs> yeah, you got it. This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.